welcome back to the crossover across time podcast uh middle of the week for week two of the conference finals and uh today's date may 24th of 2023 first of all i'm your host karsten welcome to the show or welcome back to the show whether you've been listening previously or this is your first time tuning in we appreciate your support either way and uh thank you for tuning in um we don't have justin on tonight um I did uh, get in touch with him. Uh, he wasn't able to get back to me. I imagine um, just can, you know, staying busy with work. No problem there. Um, hopefully we'll get him back on soon. And I think we mentioned this around the time of the end of the season, um, the end of the regular season, that is. But um, I am kind of getting back on my radar the idea of a host roundtable. Um and I don't know if I even put it in that specific of terms, but basically a special episode where we'll get Justin and Wyatt on the same podcast episode and we'll just focus on getting to know us as hosts a little bit. Um, and I think the plan is we'll, you know, fit that into um, one of the episodes we would do before the finals begin. That's kind of what we're looking at right now. Um, but of course, that depends on what happens with the conference finals because it's not over. And uh, that we'll get into that, of course, with the game we'll summarize. We're going to talk about game four, Celtics and Heat. Um, we'll give you some news and then kind of wrap things up. It's going to be a very short, um, straight to the point show for you. Um, so let's waste no more time. Let's get right into it. Yeah, game four in Miami. The Heat going into it with a 3-0 series lead, looking to sweep the Celtics at home and the Celtics have their best game of the series so far. That's easy to say, but, um, you know, definitely a big, uh, response game, you know, um, uh, a game that helps kind of save their pride a little bit. So they win game four, one sixteen to 99, your final score there. Um, you know, three, one lead. Now you're not going to have a sweep at the very worst. You have a gentleman sweep, um, so it's kind of that pride of victory, kind of that window dressing. You know, you look at guys getting some big points in garbage time as far as a blowout game and, you know, making the, the box score look a little bit better. You can think of it in that way if you want to with this game. And historically, I uh, wouldn't blame you for doing that. However, um, as I've said before, there's going to be there's going to be a time at some point in NBA history where a team that's down three games to zero comes back to win the series. And I'm not saying by any definitive measure that this is going to be the time that happens. I'm not telling you it's not going to be, we just don't know. And so the Celtics get a win. And I will say that if you were to write a script, as far as the best circumstance for a team attempting to do that, to come back from a three Oh deficit, it would be, to have games five and seven, because you'd need to go to seven games, five and seven on your home court. Those I think would be the biggest, you know, key moments because, you know, going into game four, the team with the lead is going to historically have that kind of tendency to relax a bit. You have a chance to steal a game and then you go back home to try and make it a real series. You know, and on TNT, the inside the NBA crew was talking about how that is. I think it was Charles Barkley, you know, 
if the Celtics win game five, then it will be a series for sure. You know, good for them to be able to win this game. They can't be celebrating really at all right now because they they need to get the job done in the next game to really be feeling like they have a good chance to try and win the series or to to force it at least to that seventh game, you know, so um, that's what we'll look for. But again, good job to be able to get it to that point um, to force a game five. Looking at the box score back and forth through the first half for the most part, and then the Celtics get on a, a nice run. Um, at the beginning of the third quarter, they go into the fourth with a nice lead close to about 10 points. And then they have a great fourth quarter, expand that lead, kind of seal the victory late um, and really did a much better job. The best job they've done in the series so far of executing. Um, Look at things for Miami, 29 points for Jimmy Butler, nine rebounds, five assists, one steal, one block for him all around. Great all around game. Um, The next Biggest scorer for them, Gabe Vincent, 17 points, four assists, one rebound. And then Cale Martin off the bench with 16 points, four rebounds, one assist. Um, As a team, Miami shot about 25% from three, eight of 32, which was kind of an outlier for them so far in the series and actually through much of the playoffs. Um, 43% from the floor. Meanwhile, you compare that to the Celtics, 51% from the floor, 40% from three as a team. Jason Tatum, in particular, 33 points, 11 rebounds, 7 assists, 1 steal, and 2 blocks. Um, 5 turnovers, a little rough, but otherwise, phenomenal game. Great job. Uh, 17 for Jalen Brown. He still seems a bit off. You know, and they mentioned a great point and something that I missed in my coverage of a lot of these games. In, um, I think it was game 1 or game 2, there was kind of a moment where Jalen Brown went down um, injury shaken up, you know, whatever the, the exact case may be. Um, and he's seemed off since that point. And that is something that kind of just slipped under my radar. And quite honestly, the fact that I haven't been able to watch all of these games, you know, I miss that in my coverage. So first of all, I want to apologize for that. But secondly, that is key to understand as far as factors that could have, you know, influenced the Celtics have such a tough start. And, you know, they, they can be excuses if that's the way you want to look at it. And that's fair. But um, I would prefer to think of it as, you know, hey, that's a pretty legitimate thing. You have a guy who's dealing with a nagging injury of some sort and that's affecting his play, you know, but um, certainly um, this, there, there have been more issues than just Jalen Brown having off games. You know, I mean, Tatum's had no kind of health issues at all that we've seen. And, and he's just been poor in a couple of the games in this series. So, so there's much more the Celtics would need to have go wrong for it to just be, yeah, it's all injuries. Right. So just something to keep in mind. Uh, but yeah, 17 for him in this game, 16 for Derek white, and then a bunch of twos, two rebounds, two assists, two steals, two blocks, um, 11.6 assists for Marcus Smart with two steals, 14 points off the bench for Grant Williams, um, eight total steals and eight total blocks, um, much better shot blocking and better steals on the game as a whole, as a team compared to Miami, a big differentiator there, the shooting percentages, um, better execution, better defense overall. They're able to get the win. Um, and so, again, credit to them. They now need to get it done at home. Um, 
they, of course, they lost game one and game two at home. So going back home to Boston isn't as reassuring as it could be, which in some ways could work out in the Celtics' favor. You know, they're not going to go back home as you might with some other series and have that little bit of ease where, oh, we're at home. We're going to, you know, we're going to get the crowd into it. We, it, we're we in our element. We know what we can do. You know, they might be going into Boston thinking, well, we already lost the first two games here. We got to get this one. We have that sense of urgency. What's the game plan? What needs to happen, right? So that approach could be much more beneficial. And again, if they get that game, then now it's a 3-2 lead. You have only two games left. You go back to Miami. And that game six, Charles Barkley said, that game six would, for Miami, be kind of their game seven. You know, because if they lose that one, you know, this is all hypotheticals. If they were to lose a game six at home, go back to Boston with a 3-3 lead, then you have so much energy from the fans of what a comeback. And now they have a chance to make history. They've won three straight, you know, that. And again, this is all just hypotheticals. Right now, Boston still is one game from elimination. And Miami has, you know, three more chances to get it done. Um, So Miami's still clearly in the more favorable position. But that's where the intrigue comes in. You know, if that kind of a run were to happen with Boston, those were the things that would need to happen, how it could go down. Because really, if Miami wins the next game, all of this is a moot point. And that's the more likely thing. And that's, I think, something we all know. You know, the 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 betting odds, if you're to bet at this point, you're, you know, very, very high percentage. You're going to bet on Miami to go to the finals. And that's obvious. But it's more exciting and more tantalizing to, you know, prognosticate about what's going to happen with Boston if they were able to try and make history. So that's just the way it is. Um, Again, still much more likely that Miami makes it to the finals, but we just don't know. So we'll have to see what happens. But again, kudos to Boston for being able to get that win. Um, And again, that's our only game. That was Tuesday, uh, last night's game. The upcoming game will be tomorrow on Thursday night on TNT. 8.30 Eastern Standard Time. It's in Boston. The Celtics host that same Miami Heat. So um, that's where the series is at. That'll be your next game. And uh, game five should be very intriguing, to say the very least. And uh, that's where we're at. Let's go and real quick run through some key news. Firstly, uh, for the Golden State Warriors, Stephen Curry, we already mentioned, um, I want to say just within the last week or so, he won the... Uh, J. Walter Kennedy Citizenship Award. Well, he's also been named the 2023 Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Social Justice Champion Award winner. So congratulations to Stephen Curry. Um, And we probably said the same thing last time as well, but just, you know, it shows how much of a a credit he is to the NBA and, and to all professional athletes. The kind of guy that he is off the court, you know, he's a stand up guy. He's a, you know, contributes to not only his community that he lives in now, you know, the Bay Area and, you know, San Francisco and and, and California, but also um, where he's from with Davidson and all that, all that kind of stuff. So just a stand up guy, great family, great person. And, you know, 
credit to the league. So congratulations to him on that. Um, an update on the the John Morant saga, the John Morant odyssey. Not sure what we want to call this. Not sure we like to get in the habit of having these continual updates with jaw. This one, um, a scary moment in some ways, as far as kind of the current climate of the way we look at things. I don't know. I won't dance around it too much. Let me go ahead and tell you what the situation is, and then we'll talk about it. So basically, there was a series of Instagram posts. I think it was on his story. Um, basically telling, saying, you know, loves his family and, and support and, and all these things. And the last string of it was just one word. It was bye, um, you know, goodbye for, for whatever reason. And with whatever's been going on and a lengthy post that's, you know, sharing, showing how much you love people who are in your life and then suddenly just saying bye that can be in a certain light alarming. So, so there was a police, uh, police reached out. They, they went to his, his residence, uh, just a wellness check more than anything. Hey, is everything good? You know? Um, and he's fine. Basically the, the story is, you know, he kind of got back to them that really that string of posts is all about, he's going to take a break from social media. Um, which I think is a positive thing, you know, um, of course, cynically you'd say, well, that's what he should have been doing. And, um, the social media is what's gotten him into trouble. And yeah, you know, it's a fair point. Um, but I think, you know, I, I really believe that when he, after that first moment, he talked about trying to get help. I think that there was a lot of genuine um, motivation and intention behind that, you know, and maybe he wasn't fully ready to, you know, completely change and, and mature completely in that exact moment. You know, we, we maybe couldn't say that, but yeah, I think that he, he understands that with both the first incident, the both, you know, the first Instagram live video, the really infamous one. And then the one that came out just a matter of weeks ago, you know, I I think he's, you know, he sees that people, it's not getting that perception that the kind of immature side might want that kind of a post to get. And so he's genuinely working to get to, to improve that, you know, get rid of that kind of side of his life and taking a break from social media. I think that's a fantastic way as long as he's, you know, going to be um, living a, uh, a a positive life outside of that, you know, it's not just leaving social media to not be, you know, not be revealing that kind of stuff going on in my personal life, you know, and maybe it is that too. But anyways, I think it's a good move uh, and good to see that he's doing well, you know, again, with that kind of post, it's similarity to things that other people have said in, you know, the ending moments of lives, if we want to phrase it very, very vaguely, you know, I think it's, it was good to see him doing well and um, continually wishing him the best in figuring out life 
and just getting back to being, you know, a, a good guy for his team, his community, and being a great player. And that's all we can ask for. Um, next for the Washington Wizards, they're shaking up their front office. Um, of course, we broke news probably been at least a month ago at this point about um, they were looking to change up their general management and Los Angeles Clippers or LA Clippers GM Michael Winger has agreed to become president of monumental basketball, which I was not aware of that specific um, title, but basically that means he gains full leadership of not only the Washington wizards, but the Washington mystics, the WNBA uh, sister franchise and the capital city go-go, which is their G league affiliate team. So congratulations to him, first of all, and it'll be very interesting to see, obviously he's been a big part of for the last several years, uh, what the Clippers have done in trying to be a contending team in a, a stiff Western conference to see what he brings to Washington, a team that's kind of fallen off the, uh, Falling off the wagon over the last several seasons. It'll be interesting to see what happens, especially with Bradley Beal, their franchise piece still there, but he's getting a little bit older at this point. He's still got plenty of prime basketball left, but it'll be interesting to see. And hopefully he's able to to do a great job with that organization. Uh, And finally, a quick note for the Miami Heat. Jimmy Butler was fined $25,000 for violating the NBA's media interview access rules. And this was after game three of the conference finals. I believe it was simply because he just didn't make himself available for the interviews. Not sure exactly, but uh, he got fined for that. So there you go. Um, With that, that really takes care of everything I had planned for you. You know, with these, you know, this series just going game to game, you know, Friday, we're either going to be talking about the Celtics have forced a game of six. This is super exciting. Or we'll be talking about, well, the heat took care of it. They got the gentleman sweep. It's going to be nuggets heat in the finals. Right? So we can't really, as far as looking ahead to next episode on Friday, we really can't give you too much insight as to what exactly we'll be talking about. But, um, it's going to be, you know, either way, I think it'll be exciting and we'll have a great show for you. But that's really it for today. Um, we'll go ahead and give you our This Day in History fact before we wrap things up. Um, today's This Day in History fact, we're going back to the year 2000. Uh, so not too long ago, about 23 years ago. Uh, May 24th of 2000, Isaiah Thomas, one of the NBA's 50 greatest players of all time, as well as the leader of the Detroit Pistons championship teams in 1989 and 1990, Isaiah Thomas, along with Bob McAdoo, who is one of the greatest scoring forwards ever in the NBA. It says forwards. He was really a center on those teams. I'm not sure why they say forward. Um, Those two were among six total individuals elected to the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame uh, in the year 2000. So, you know, two of the greatest of all time unequivocally. Um, and just to belabor that Bob McAdoo point, you know, I think he gets labeled a forward because he really didn't play like a center in terms of his skill set. Even though you look at those, um, you know, especially those Buffalo teams where he was in his prime. Um, I mean, 75, for example, that was his best individual season. Uh, they made the playoffs that year. I mean, 
Gar Hurd was the power forward along with um uh, was Jack Marin. Yeah, it looks like Jack Marin would have started as well, maybe Jim McMillan. Um so those were the forwards. McAdoo was the center, you know. So I I don't don't I don't know why they always label him as a forward, but he was a center. He he just happened to be able to stretch the floor and was like at least 20 years ahead of his time. Uh, and yeah, he's certainly one of the all-time underrated players, one of the all-time greats, phenomenal player. I mean, that three-year run in Buffalo and the Buffalo Braves before they moved to San Diego to become the the Clippers, three years in uh, Buffalo, he missed a handful of games over th- those three years. But in that span, he averaged for three years, 32 points per game, 13.8 rebounds per game, about 2.8 assists, 2.5 blocks, and 1.2 steals. Unbelievable numbers, you know. And I don't even care that the team, you know, barely scraped into playoffs and didn't really get very far at all. He was he was one of the greats and a phenomenal player. And then, of course, Isaiah Thomas. Um, what what can't you know what what can be said that hasn't already been said? really, for lack of a better phrase. Um, Of course, one of the 50 greatest players, the NBA 75th anniversary team, multiple-time champion. Um, If it wasn't for Magic Johnson, he would be the best point guard of his decade. Undersized, but the biggest heart. Um, He could, you know, score very easily, but he loved to – he was a point guard. He could get the assists – Solid defensively. Um, you know, statistically, he doesn't always marvel. I mean, he only averaged double-digit assists for four years. You compare it to a Stockton or a Magic Johnson, it doesn't always wow. But his playoff numbers were better, and he was a guy that, um, you know, again, he he just had the will to win. You know, it was him and Lambeer and Joe Dumars, and they had that desire to win. They had a they had a brand, you know, it was the bad boys. And anyways, just a great player, um, eternally underrated as well. I think even though, you know, Oh yeah, we'll routine throw him in the conversation. We need to recognize how great of a player he was, you know, and it gets tough because outside of his playing career, he had a very, let's say a very mixed and interesting post-playing career as an executive or as a coach or, you know, some combination of both, uh, you know, or any other things he's, he's had a very winding road if we want to put it very kindly, but as a player, he was, he was phenomenal. He's one of the greatest, you know, so just want to recognize that. But um, again, that's really it for our show. Um, If you want to check out our Instagram page, I'll plug that real quick. That's, crossover across time all one word no capital letters on instagram Uh, we share content from the show and we also do our best to like and share content from across the nba so that page along with the podcast itself are some great ways to stay up to date with what's going on in the nba uh at any given moment and also to hopefully get that historic perspective that we we try and provide on the podcast so so that's it for today again we'll be back on friday either with here's what happened in game five, we're going to game six or, Oh, here's what happened in game five. And now here's what that finals matchup will look like. Um, 
Either way, it should be a great show, and we'll see you on Friday. 